Discord right now. Oh, do you hear that? Oh my gosh, it's Post Roll Podcast. I'm here with Grant uh, Russ Balzensack and uh, Russ Kowiak. Russ Kowiak. That's our one dirty set th- th- thing we're going to do. This is a clean, just so you know, this is a clean stream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's suggestive. We'll be suggestive. Because when we're together, we can't help but be suggestive. Yeah. But, um,. Well, thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to GJJSAV, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, Savannah, who is sponsoring a post-roll, I mean, a um, uh, open mat right now uh, at 8.30 this morning for some reason. And then uh, thank you to uh, Guayaki. I'm drinking Guayaki. Guayaki. I make a pot of it. Guayaki Yerba Mate. Do you know what it is? Oh, you don't. I mean, I know what Urban Mate is. But. Well, Guayaki is a company out of San Luis Obispo who I happen to be connected with because I was there at the time that they got started. He, uh, This guy, Dave, graduated from Cal Poly uh, to Ag College. And, uh, and he ended up in Mate. Uh, well, he went down to South America to do some work with the people there and help oh, okay. them out and stuff, as you know that experience, and um, which we're going to talk about today. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, Dave went down there with some other folks, and uh, a partner, and, uh, and they were there... Um, and they were uh, noticing that there, people were growing tea um, under the canopy. So they started doing that. They started buying up, getting sponsors to buy up big chunks of the Amazon to save the Amazon and grow tea underneath the canopy and then pay people living wages instead of what they were getting. So they, they uh, yeah, they created a better sustainable environment for the people who live there. And also made millions in the way. And what? And also made millions on the way. Uh, they probably did, yeah. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Yeah, but but the, uh, I mean, hey, man, right? Let's reward that kind of behavior. Yeah, right. So, yeah, the uh, the tea is amazing. It's wacky. Um, it's always, honestly, it's best the best yerba mate I've, I've ever had. I've, I've had it all. I love it. I don't know. I like it better than, uh, coffee makes me jangly. Yeah. Does coffee make you jangly? You know, no, it actually makes me sleepy. Does it really? Yeah. What do you do to fire it up? What do I do to fire it up? To fire up the Grant machine. Oh, I just wake up. Oh, no. <laughs> That's genetic. <laughs> this is genetic. Yeah. All right. So thank you again to uh, also to um, uh, Camera West sponsors. The, uh, the true sponsors that we have are, is Camera West. Um, they, they've provided us with the equipment we need to do what we got to do, and here we are doing it. Thank you, Camera West. Camera West! Every, every single best mint-used camera sold in the world is from Camera West. Everything else is second. My camera used to. Yeah, yeah, camera middle, camera, camera north, Midwest. camera north is the worst. Yeah, there, there might be one, but sorry, camera north, camera, camera south southeast, is still in the, the 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 disposable ones. That crack. Poof! It's like poof. Can't find any more tungsten, guys. We need more mercury. I'm taking a picture. All right. All right, so thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, this is goofy. So um, we're up early because uh, we were planning on getting up early anyway, but then there's this mysterious open mat going yeah. on. What's that about? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I just... Are you excited? Are you not going to wear a gi? <laughs> Why would you go to open mat and not wear a gi? I don't know. Because <laughs> it's mysterious. Yeah. Show well, up in a suit. <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, it's, this is live action open mat. <laughs> Whatever you're wearing. So uh, you're a big fella, and you're on the road to Pan Am's. You're going to be doing some fighting. Big fella, Peter Nguyen, one noon, noon, knee, noon, new. Peter New. Peter New said Nguyen. <laughs> like he's uh, yeah, that's like his he's cousin. <laughs> Uh, Peter New won in Orlando. He's yeah. one of our big guys, uh, yeah. or or was, I guess. No, he's tra- still, I think still he's trading. A, I think he's a super heavy. He's enormous. Yeah. No, I mean he's still one of our guys. Is he still one of? Our, he's still training under James. I mean, he's still, always one of our guys. Yeah. I mean, I would say. I don't know. I don't know how that works. He's outstanding. Yeah. And uh, and he won open ma- uh, open division for brown belt. Brown belt. No gi. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a beast. I've rolled yeah. with him. Oh yeah. You rolled with him too. I mean, if you've been if squashed, you, if you call it rolling, yes, you've been squashed by him. I mean, I was, I think I frustrated him because he's like, What are you doing? You're like an ant, just like stop it. Yeah, he's like, he's like a, one of those uh wrestling, or he, you were like one of those wrestling dummies, but you had a heartbeat, which makes it better. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think some points during it, I didn't have a heartbeat, right? <laughs> That's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of his approaches, yeah. Um. Yeah, so big guys, um, since we're talking big guys, last weekend was UFC 260. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty insane. Um, I want to talk about UFC for a second, if you don't mind. Um, heavyweights knocking out heavyweights. Do you know what happened? 
I'm, I do know what happened. And Gano beats Stipe. Yeah. Finally. Right. Yeah. Um, do you feel like Stipe wasn't getting his due? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do. That guy, uh, everybody was talking about how how weird it is. Isn't it weird that everybody was talking about how nobody was talking about it? Yeah. That's, that's what it was like. It, it was just so strange. Even I couldn't get behind Stipe. I don't know what it is. Something. It just seems like... He's just kind of like some guy from the neighborhood that does okay, and but yeah. he's actually really dominant, right? And then got dominated by some sort of superhero. This guy's not going anywhere for. Yeah, while. I think it, what I read was he was the third African-born champion. Oh, now yes, yeah, yeah that's what they're shooting for is to sweep all these divisions with right. African champions, which is yeah. pretty cool. Right. Yeah, is it Usman that? Um, yeah, is it Usman? No, no, uh, no, no. Adesanya, sorry, mm-hmm. Adesanya um, said that. Uh, like he's getting behind them yeah. and they're going to train together and all that yeah. stuff. Oh, man. Well, the interesting thing about Ngano is that Ngano um, adapted to the situations that he was in with uh, last time with Stipe. In any situation, really, he had, right. been, he had been outgrappled and stuff. But did you see – you didn't see it. So he sprawled his hips and like, I mean, you know, Stipe is not a – he's no joke with wrestling. He was going to come in and wrestle him. He was for right. sure going to shoot on him. And, uh, man, Ngano like, shut nope. all that down. Yeah. And uh, that was when Stipe was like, okay, well, I guess we're going to stand. Yeah. And, and then he beat him. Uh, well, you know, here's the thing, too, though. Stipe was throwing, and uh, he got lit up, but he can get lit up. And, right. he's, and he came at him again. And when he came he back second in. second round, right? Second round. Yeah. yeah. He had taken some damage in the first round. So, you know, arguably that affected it, uh, affected him in the second round. So uh, he, got, he got wobbled hard and then um, got out of that, stood up. Um, and then as Ngano's rushing in on him, which he was, right. uh, Stipe caught him in the temple. Yeah. And <laughs> so Stipe thought from the movement that Ngano had from the shot in the temple, because he's a big, strong guy, so he kind of stopped his movement. Right. Um, he, uh, he thought he had hurt him. Right. So as he's falling back, he saw it, and then he rushed in and got caught with a short hook, and that was that. Right. And that was that, that. Right. You know, I mean, it was over. But um, the interesting thing is that in the post-fight interview, uh, Ngano, like a, a few minutes later, was like, I think he thought he hurt me, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing. Right. He hit him right in the temple, right. hard as he could. Right. He's like, oh, I got him for sure. Yeah. Did not. Right. He's like, I think he thought he hurt me, but I know he I come did he come at me fighting? Okay, he make this mistake. You know, wow, dude. Yeah, he, he just got. Yeah, he took a shot to the temple that would have knocked out every other guy in the division. So that's right. that's the difference, I think. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so that was uh, an amazing. And then also there was Sugar Sean O'Malley. There was, um, you know, he, he fought uh, Thomas Almeida, who's a veteran, but um, uh, but uh, could not stand up to that weird unorthodox style. Of did you Sean. did you hear yeah. that Oscar De La Hoya is talking about coming back? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dana White doesn't like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does Dana White does Dana White like anything? Every- uh, yeah, gambling. Yeah, <laughs> that was low blow. <laughs> well, he does. Yeah, he does. He's, he makes no bones about it. He's right. like, I got money. I can gamble if I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. He. Uh, yeah. He, I guess he's coming back. I don't know. My. Craig Jones is fighting an, an intergender. Yeah. Yeah. He's fighting uh, Gabby Garcia. Yeah. <clears throat> Which uh, I want to see that. Yeah. Because they postponed it though. Yeah, they postponed it. Yeah, they were they were gonna. I, I don't know what happened. It's, it was, was they were gonna live stream it from yeah. a gym. Yeah. There was fighting. Well, I think there's like inner fighting between the camps. No, not in the camps. Like the fans or something. There's, oh, weird. Yeah. Because it's maybe they're just building up more hype. Because yeah. they're, they're gonna. I bet I know what's happening. Ooh, I bet I know what's happening. If you're watching this and you know, uh, text us, email us, whatever. Um, oh, Ian Jackson says to stop running from him. <laughs> <laughs> you suck," he says. "Where were you on Sunday? I'll be there all next week. I'm looking for you, Colin. Stop hiding. Come out and train. He's got uh, the eyeballs. Yeah. yeah, we get more comments from me and Jackson than anybody else. Try to call me out. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, eventually you do have to go back. I'm coming. It's like Ange- Andrea talking to Rocky. <clears throat> you know, why are you scared? It's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to wait. I still have family in town. I got the and the other vaccine comes, and then my wife says, "Yeah, go ahead." So we're going to do the second shot. Nice. Um, but anyway, uh, the point I was making is that uh, I think they were trying to get a big promotion behind this fight. Um, that was a big deal. And uh, and they were going to they were gonna maybe make some money on it, but they couldn't get anybody behind it because it was too weird. You know, yeah. little Greg Jackson, Craig Jackson. Yeah. You know, uh, he's much smaller than her, yeah. actually, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
and right, they like sixty pounds or something. Yeah, so yeah. they were going to live stream it from a gym, which is a good idea. But I think maybe they started to get some love from a promotion at that. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. So that's my theory is that they've gotten a little bit of attention, and they're like, hmm. Yeah. yeah. Why don't Why don't this is I don't because I don't know you know I don't know why don't they do inner company fights. Intercompany? Yeah, mean? like UFC versus Bellator versus Pride versus One versus like why don't they do that? Oh, I imagine the uh, I imagine the negotiation process would be terrible. years. Yeah, it'd be so difficult unless somebody uh, you know far sighted like Dana would you know decide to which he won't because he tries to hold on to every penny that he can, which makes sense. That's why mm. they did well, yeah. and that's why they're even here. That's right. why we have this sport. Right, right, right. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but. Um, if somebody would just compromise and say, you know what, this is about the future right. of MMA, so let's try this, uh, let's just do this, and uh, and we're gonna all take a hit, and uh, and I'm willing to take the first one, right? You know what I mean? Like, like, like not UFC, but like the world, you know, like world championship, right. you yeah. know, and it's like the best heavyweight from every camp is like, you know, yeah, that'd be cool. It would be cool. Yeah, but I don't know if they're going to do it. Hey, um, also uh, on that card, um, the the women's the, there was a uh, there was a girl fight, <gasps> a girl fight. No. It was uh, <laughs> Miranda Miranda Maverick, uh, who I b- believe is the future of women's MMA. Yeah, she's a doctor. She's a, she's in the doctorate program, well. and she's uh, just killing it. Yeah. Um, Ian says UFC went to Japan to fight Pride fighters. Yeah. 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 That's okay. But yeah, but we're talking about like, come on, one FC, Bellator, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he says uh, Ian says they did that back in the day. They did do that back in the day. However, um, it, now it's like the, a, the new face of MMA has all these uh, kind of you know higher profile. Yeah, that was such a circus over there with Pride. It was great, but <laughs> come on, man, I, I no love weight, watching it. There was like no weight division. No, no, no. There's, yeah, that, that, that doesn't tell you. It's like it, a, a bear fighting. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> a little Japanese. Guy. We'll do it, but you're gonna have to get rid of the animals. Yeah. <laughs> And the circus clowns, yeah, yeah, it was it was a little much, but uh, but now we've got all these organi- organized um, promotions. What do you think could be done with uh, jujitsu to to even further refresh the image of jujitsu and get it because it's starting to get some eyes now? Like, um, there's so much more yeah, Nick, uh, groundswell Nick, and fundamental like people watching it that like Nicholas Cage's movie really helped us. <laughs> you know, back in the day when I first got into jujitsu. Uh, uh, David Mamet made a movie called Red Belt. Really? Yeah. Anyway. And there's the law. <laughs> anyway, no, no, uh, it was called Red Belt, and uh, I never, oh, man, I never watched it, but I remember when they were making. <laughs> man, there's this great movie that came out when I was a little yeah, kid. I've never no, seen it, but no, 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 but 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 when I was just starting jujitsu, uh, I remember thinking like, oh, this is it. Now, everybody's doing it now. Like David Mamet for no. real. He was my favorite. You know. Yeah. You ever see any of his movies, David Mamet? Who's who, I, I you don't know who that is? I, I'm sure I do if I saw him. Who is um, it? Wild at Heart with Nicolas Cage. You mentioned that's what made me think of it. Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern in Wild at Heart and, and Bruce Dern and like all these uh, – uh, and Isabella Rossellini. And it's an amazing movie, but it's like weird. No. Um, uh, he did um, – well, he's done a bunch of stuff. Uh, I can look it up. But he's done um, – why did I just mention one movie? Um, the, no, that's all one he's ob- ever done. He was a playwright. One obscure movie that I don't know if anyone's seen. Yeah. David Mamet. Uh, let's see. He did. Uh, here's his IMDb. So, anyway, he was he. Oh, um, he did like the heist movie, the heist, the movie heist, and uh, the movie um, House of Cards, mm. which um, it, or House of Games, House of Games, House of Games back in '87, mm. and and it had like Joe Montana. He always had kind of the same actors. Right. Joe Montana. He had this like. Uh, I dude, didn't watch a lot of movies when I was Rick, born. So. Oh. <laughs> 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 Ricky J. Ricky J. was like a magician, and uh, but like an actor and like a real uh, kind of. Uh, I think they remade mysterious. that. They remade the heist. House of Games. No heist. No, that's a newer movie. But it's um, called Heist, right? With with um uh, he also with David Mamet's son. No, 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 no. He loved working with um he loved working with uh, Gene Hackman. Yeah. I know Gene Hackman. Though. That's in Gene Hackman's in Heist. Okay, right? Did you are you is that the movie you're thinking of? I'm thinking of yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. Yeah, yeah. He did Ronan. Um, he did this screenplay for Ronan uh, with Keanu Reeves. Ronan? What? I don't think Keanu's in Twenty Seven Ronan. Ronan. Uh, maybe yeah. I don't know. State and Maine. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Spartan. 
You like State, State yeah. and Maine's a comedy, yeah. Wag the dog. He, so he did a lot of uh, real pro- high-profile stuff, but this, his best stuff is the stuff that's like really slow and dark and calm and like um, weird. And, and mm. the way they talk to each other, they use like they, – the, you can always tell it's a mammoth movie just by the, the um, dialogue. Uh, they'll say like, um, is that the thing? That's the thing. So that's how it is. That's what it is. They'll say stuff like that, and it's the way they kind of banter. It's it's con man talk, oh, wow. and it's really cool. And and uh, he has a, he had a really good feel for it. So anyway, I love House of Games. That's one. That's the movie that triggered me on him, where I was like, "Whoa, this guy's amazing!" And then I followed everything. But the point I was making is that so he, he did jujitsu. Yeah, he got into it somewhere along the way, and he wrote Red Belt in two thousand eight. Yeah, so so Red Belt is uh, a fateful event leads to a job in the film business for top mixed martial arts instructor Mike Derry. Though he refuses to participate in prize bouts, circumstances conspire to force him to consider entering such a competition. So that's how it is? So that's what it is. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. Is that the thing? <laughs> that's, that's the thing. The thing. <laughs> <laughs> and his wife was often in his movies, too, which um, usually is a, a disaster. Right, when, yeah. When people do that. But in this case, it was awesome. Yeah, his uh, his wife was pretty cool. But, the, but Gene Hackman, man... I've heard that dude doesn't re- um, rehearse anything yeah. with actor with other actors. Did you know that? No, I don't know. He won't rehearse. He wants it all to be like live, like, fresh, like fresh, alive. Yep. yep. And That's he, cool. And he doesn't want any cutting. And he's like, no, we're just going to do this. And uh, yeah, he's a, a he has an interesting approach, I guess. But uh, Heist was good. Well, for he that, made it so. for that reason. Yeah, Heist. <laughs> he made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so um, the reason I brought up all the jujitsu stuff, all the UFC stuff, rather, is because it's big guy stuff, and you're a big guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, that doesn't feel like big guy stuff. You're a big what? The jujitsu? Oh, jujitsu doesn't? No, because they're always like, "This is how you beat the big guy. The big guy's the enemy." Oh, you are the enemy in jujitsu. Yeah, right. Whoa, that's a trip. Right. I never thought of that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, always sitting in class talking yeah, shit about the big guy. Right. I never even looked at the big guy. <laughs> right. We're also oh, there, like, I feel bad. like, um, so. You all need to learn this to beat that, that guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> Have you like stand there in front of the class? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not even the Uki. You're yeah. just an example of the bad guy. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, like even I think even in class yesterday was like, wow, I've, I never thought about this. This man. would never work on him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's terrible. If you don't do this technique right, you won't work on that guy. <laughs> and then that they point sucks. at me. <laughs> and then we're like, well, how do we defeat the little guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about he crawls on our back like a koala? What do we do with that? And punch in the back of our heads? Like, bro, 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 bro. We got to come up with a, with moves for big guys to be Dude, little there guys. Is. Can, no way. There's a jujitsu channel. It's only got like three or four videos. It's called yeah, Big Guy cool. Big Guy Jujitsu. <laughs> Oh really? And all the names of the moves are ju- like there's the Tootsie Roll and the yeah. the Pizza Cutter. And like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, put your hand. Like seriously, this, this guy, the two big guys, probably 300 pounds. They're like, you got to hold your hand like a waiter holding a tray. <laughs> and that will really tighten up the Pizza Cutter. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it's very very hard to find big guy jujitsu videos. Like I look on the internet, I'm like, man, will you make how does, with this? How does a big guy get better? And you like look up, and it's like, how to defeat a big guy? I'm uh, gonna have you and Drew black come belt in. beating 300 pound. <laughs> right, I'm gonna have you and Drew come in here, and we're gonna do some, but it's gonna be so absurd where yeah. it's just a lot of laying on the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, that's you. You can look up a hundred videos right now. Yeah, uh, and they're all bit little guys. 185 like kind of black belt beats 500 yeah. pounds. It's all David versus Goliath. Right, right, right. There was, I feel like there was a couple, though, back in the day where it was like uh, maybe maybe it was um, Jeff uh, – what's the guy's name? Uh, the little dude, I forget. But anyway, uh, where they where they got defeated by the big guy. And yeah. you're like, what? I thought he was supposed to win it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're – that's bad, though. Yeah, It's not right. like, good job, big guy. You 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 outpaced. Yeah, the big guy's not a person. That's yeah. just an entity. <laughs> right. <laughs> that you, yeah, that we're trying to defeat I mean, all of us. Millions and millions of dollars have made off the big guy. Oh, wow. Hey, come to our gym so you can beat that guy. <laughs> so, yeah. And I'm not over there in the corner like. Hi. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I never considered this because I'm like a medium guy. Right. Medium small. And uh, and then I, I when I traveled, I always felt like I was a little under the radar because people didn't expect much. Right. And I'm a little stronger than my size, right. so I was always able to kind of survive. Right. And I got real lucky. 
um, in how things shook out, you know, because I was I was constantly, to, you know, when I was traveling, I was constantly rolling with strangers. Like right. I was, <clears throat> I'd be at a man. The weirdest one uh, I went to a, in in Florida was it a big guy? <laughs> no, no, the weirdest uh, academy or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um, I forget. I want to say the last name of the person was De Lima, um, but it was anyway. It was in Florida, mm-hmm. and it was in um, some little town in Florida. And I, at that point, if you wanted to do jujitsu and you were traveling, you had to like go on the internet and Google martial arts, and then right. you would call all the, the karate place, yeah. and you would ask questions, and you would try to get somebody to finally say to you. Oh, I think there's some Brazilian guys down in the storage <laughs> unit, and so yeah, so that that's kind of how it would right. unfold every time. It would take you hours, days, sometimes, and I couldn't. Sometimes I couldn't find one, right? And um, you know, it'd be like hours. I would drive two hours from where I was, from where I had traveled to. Mm-hmm. I would travel two hours one morning to go train with a random dude in a garage, you know, yeah. and then come back. Um, and Puts the lotion on the skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy's like, hang on, I'm going to change out of my dress. <laughs> we, we can train. That's a weird gee. <laughs> so so uh, I show up at this one, and it's in Florida. The guy was like, oh, the, it's funny because the message, it wasn't, there wasn't any English. And I'm like, right. uh-oh, this is going to be hard. So, uh, But that's okay. I'll call. There'll probably be somebody. In the, is that an answer? It's straight up just a dude answering in, in Portuguese. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, um, I wanted to uh, train uh, port- uh, tra- I mean, train uh, jujitsu, and uh, and he's like jujitsu. I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, okay, uh, okay. And then he like just says the address. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> when, when? And uh, and I know Spanish, so I was like, is this cuando work? Like, <laughs> and he goes, and he he set a time, and so uh, I was like, okay, this all is coming together, I guess. Yeah. So, so I show up there, and. Um, I guess I don't know if I was late or I got the time wrong for what he said or something. But I show up and everybody's really sweaty. They've been training a while. Yeah. And I'm driving through a sto- first of all before I got there. I'm driving through a storage unit. I gotta like talk to the people in the front, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, uh, you're looking for uh, the, the Brazilian guys." <laughs> <laughs> so I go, so I go through the uh, gate. You yeah, know, yeah. And I drive and I'm driving through the, and it's all these storage units yeah. and uh, and there's one of the, the gate with a thing up yeah. and there's a cop car parked there and there's like uh, some other cars parked around it. Yeah. And uh, it's just shady as hell. Yeah. And and, uh, and it's Fight Club. Yeah. And yeah. it's just it's a bunch of cops and then uh, a couple Brazilian dudes and then some like weird. Guys that want to be dudes and yeah. men, and they yeah. want to learn how to fight, yeah. and then and they're just getting tossed around, and right. uh, and everybody's all sweaty. They've been there like an hour, yeah. and I'm and I'm now coming into this, and I'm like, well, this is yeah, weird. And yeah. I didn't know who to talk to. Yeah. It was just like a mat, and there's nothing there. It's not a desk, right? There's nobody, right? And it's just people, and they're fighting at that moment when I walked right. up, and I'm standing there, and nobody's talking to me, and I'm just like, yeah. And I guess they're used to people coming up, and going, what the hell is this, yeah. So then, some guy unloading his antique yeah but it wasn't <laughs> yeah right right like, yeah What's that over there they're having an hey, auction they're filming uh they're filming an episode of uh storage wars, storage wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally storage wars yeah <laughs> so so he, uh, so nobody talks to me it's right. not like it's not like a place where you know you go to an academy yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. somebody will oh, jump oh, up yeah yeah i'd be like oh oh sorry hey uh listen we're in the middle of class right now yeah. <laughs> let me just uh give me one minute yeah, yeah, yeah. sign this waiver <laughs> yeah sign this waiver nothing <laughs> There's no waiver. <laughs> so, That's uh, what they just drag your body and put it in the back of the cop car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, wait, you're not gonna need. So what happened? A waiver. Did you roll? Um, uh, I did end up rolling with those guys. Yeah, I did. I did. did I finally them? was like, I was talking to Rodrigo uh, or whatever, <laughs> Rodrigo, Rodrigo, and then finally a guy popped up, and I'm like, on the phone, we talked. Oh yeah, yeah, bro, bro, you bro, you know, come on, come on, you go in, and then we just. You know, he just goes warm up and he kind of showed me like what to do and I was yeah. we'll move around. I had only been training for like maybe a couple months. Oh, okay. And, uh, and yeah, so that's like, pretty. I got a white belt and I'm like, it's all fresh and clean and and, and like stiff. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> 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 Sorry, my white belt. Ah, oh, poke me in the eye. <laughs> They're just so, looking at you like fresh meat. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, most guys didn't have a gi. I had a gi. Yeah. At that time, if you had a gi, that was kind of unique. Yeah, because didn't they have to get all the gis from Brazil? It was very hard to get a gi. Yeah. And then there was, uh, there was people. Uh, I mean, it wasn't impossible, but you know, you had to be committed to what you're doing. Right. So it wasn't like you were trying it out. Right. So uh, most people just had a t-shirt and like they would have those uh, shorts that they got in PE in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's kind of like weird. Yeah. yeah, that's what most people were rolling in. And, uh, you know, everybody smelled like cat urine. Mm. I don't know why, but I always felt like people smelled like cat urine. 
That's a gi hygiene's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was a weird uh, time for jujitsu because then then the next town you go to, you find like one of the eight r- facilities that are running that are actually run like martial arts schools. Right. And and they have all kinds of weird rules. And they're like, uh, you know, you have to like, you know, did you talk to so and so? And you have to go, you know, over here and then and then you bow and you get on the mat and yeah, like, yeah, all that stuff. Cut your hand and drip blood. And uh, yeah. 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 And then I didn't know, so I never knew what am I supposed to say, where am right. I supposed to be, what's right, what's wrong, you know, what am I, and then people get mad at you for like, if you uh, whooped up on somebody, you know, mm. or like you were, you know, then you'd kind of get this vibe like, mm. they're like, ah, oh, that guy came in here and he's like, you know, he just he rolls really aggressively. Because at that time, he there was some- all of his strength. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. Okay. There, that's coming from a big guy there. Right. So uh, at that time, man, you're really strong. Yeah, no, it was that rear naked choke was really strong. <laughs> yeah. Jerk, I was behind you with good technique. Yeah, right, good technique. It feels probably right. feels like I'm very strong. Right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, but anyway, that was uh, that was. I don't know when it shifted, but at some point, it was just all of a sudden everywhere you went, you could find a good school, and you'd walk in, and people were like, "Hey, bro, what's up? You signed the waiver? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. cool." And then you go sit down, and everything was cool. Yeah, you didn't, you know, and you could cross face people, and they wouldn't like, you know, slash your tires. <laughs> they no. It, it there was if a somebody cross face man was slash. There was a point. There was a point where it was like this kind of wild west of like, what the hell are we doing here? Right. And and some when did you some think that changed? Some academies f- treated you bad if you like used any sort of top pressure or you like. Right. You, but then some encouraged it. And they're like, no, no, jujitsu is meant right, you're supposed right, to right, blah blah blah. Right. But I think it was more the American side of things. People were like, no, it's you know they were still shifting over from hypothetical martial arts. Right. And um. And so there was still a lot of like, no, we're just pretending. Stop, right. it. stop hurting. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> this isn't real. Right. Yeah, and then the other, and then there I was can the, break a board with my hand. Right, and then there was the farm fed dudes up in the Dakotas where you you know train with those guys, <clears throat> and uh, you'd come in and and uh, the the instructor would be like, okay, I'm gonna roll with you, and then uh, and then they would uh, you know put you with uh, the state. Uh, wrestling, wrestling champion right. who right. also uh, lifts hay bales, right? Um, and not and doesn't get paid. He just does it because he likes to, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, right. like the rest of the time he's not training, right? Yeah, so like the guy from Footloose. Oh, dude, yeah, and thank, not the thank one, God. not the one dancing, the other one. Oh, you know what would be funny is uh, you just made me think if uh, if every Gary Tonin fight uh, he walked into Footloose, oh, since since he heel hooks a lot, that'd be yeah. hilarious. <laughs> You gotta get fuck, cut loose, cut loose, dude. We gotta tell him that yeah. he should be coming when into he, when we he call, would totally do it. When we call him later, yeah, yeah, he's waiting by the phone right <laughs> yeah. now. So when we call him later, we need to tell him that. All right. <laughs> so that brings us to, uh, yeah, no. Oh, it's time for the, the fake, fake MMA, MMA news. Noticias falsificadas. That's right. It's all the news that is not news. We made it up, but you heard it, it so now you news. can't unhear it. In UFC 260, Francis Ngannou finally captured the heavyweight belt this weekend with a second-round knockout of Stipe Milosevic, the longest-reigning heavyweight champion in history with by far the the most title defenses and a previous win over Francis Ngannou and a full-time job as a Cleveland firefighter saving babies from fires, said every casual fan ever and Dana White. Stipe who? What's a Stipe? Stipe in a post-fight interview said that he deviated from his game plan which ultimately cost him the fight when asked what the game plan was the former champ said the plan was to retire and never have to fight that enormous superhero again (laughs) he shouldn't have deviated shouldn't have Uh, and also in UFC 260 Sugar Sean O'Malley defeated Thomas Almeida veteran by knockout in the first second and third rounds <laughs> attempting walk-off knockouts throughout the fight over and over until Almeida finally tapped from 20 feet away yeah. in related news uh, Monster Energy Drinks invoiced O'Malley's camp for eight cases of Monster Drinks that were opened and only partially finished spokesman for Monsters uh, spokesman for Monsters said uh, this guy's just not a finisher Ooh. <laughs> ouch and in Jiu-Jitsu Australian heel hooker Craig Jones yeah, th- this is this is in the highest profile File uh, intergender bout since uh, Amanda Nunez fought Chris Cyborg. Uh, Australian <laughs> heel hooker Craig Jones is all set to fight Gabby Garcia in her own gym. Uh, it was going to be Sunday, March 28th, but they moved it. Um, they're going to live stream it. It's sub only. Craig says if he loses, he'll retire. Garcia says if she loses, she'll just go back to eating raw meat that's hanging from a chain and deadlifting Volkswagens uh, <laughs> while she, she waits for her next opponent. So it's just an everyday thing. So win-win. And that's the... 
fake MMA news. Uh, Noticias Falsificadas, as we know it, as I wrote it last night. The fake news, it is not news. But now you've heard it and you can't unhear it. We made it up. Every time you do this, I think of Family Guy. Oh, really? Yeah, and I think that it's like she's sitting in our room and she's like, how do you know? <clears throat> how does she know that I do eat raw meat and live Volkswagens? Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, oh, yeah. like, like you're like, ah, funny, funny, fake news. And they're like, how does he know? <laughs> like, <laughs> really? It's real. <laughs> we have a new tip. Somebody tip us. Oh, Ian Jackson says it's all about the money. But I don't know what that means. <laughs> we got a new tip? Hey, you guys suck. <laughs> There's a tip. Here's a tip. Yeah, stop doing that shit. <laughs> Whatever that was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to talk to you about uh, the title of this, by the way, is, is uh, Persimmons Granted, because mm. I thought we'd talk farming, Ooh. because you had a farm in Haiti, and we didn't really get into that. So what made you want to do that? Providing food for the people there? Yeah, and farming's cool. And farming's cool. Yeah. Do you farm? Farming's the new, um, what, race car driving. <laughs> I'm trying to make it sound cool. Farming's <laughs> the new drag racing. <laughs> Yeah, I farm a little. I have like a little, you know, plot. But yeah. um, so m- m- the problem here is that we have really acidic soil and super humid and like it kind of fluctuates and yeah, uh, temperature. Yeah, and, and stuff. Ooh, buddy. And pickle worms. Pickle worms. Pickle worms are the worst. Yeah. We had, um, they're, they're, and they're, they're like uh, cy- cyclical. So they don't, they, they happen and, and then they, they don't, don't happen for a few years and then they happen again. And when they happen again, it's like out of control. Yeah, ours wasn't pickle worms. It was rampant deforestation and poverty. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's also worms. cyclical. Yeah. But also cyclical. No, it's pretty constant. That's pretty. Co- <laughs> oh my gosh! The natural disasters were cyclical. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, they were. Oh, so you were you were there? You were there when the uh, earthquake hit. Yep. And um, <clears throat> did you? How long were you there after that? I was there for another two, three years after that. And was it the entire two or three years was spent? rebuilding there's not Helping. much to rebuild yeah i mean yeah. it's crazy no i mean the blessing is you say blessing yeah we were in the north we were about 90 miles away from the epicenter oh, so wow. there so like there wasn't like and there we we had a lot of huts and stuff yeah. so there wasn't like a lot of mass devastation actually cholera was a lot worse for us right in the north because the un came and then they mismanaged their waste and a cholera that's endemic to Nepal is now in Haiti, and they're like, "Where did that come from?" Oh, maybe no these way. Nepalese <laughs> UN soldiers You're who kidding. dumped all their junk in the river. Yeah, that's actually what happened. They finally released that and said that's what happened. I oh, think, wow. I think it was like seven or eight years later they finally admitted it. You know, that is wild. Yeah, so that was nuts and crazy and all that stuff. So, but we we lived in the Bay of Mosquitoes, which is a blessing. And there's this guy. Oh man, I want to remember his name. Old guy lived there for like. 50 years american and he created a whole aqueduct system in this little remote area of haiti right poor section of haiti and so they weren't crazy affected by cholera because he had a clean water system that he created like back in the 80s <coughs> and so even where we lived we had clean water but the cities and stuff like that they were just devastated because of all the nasty water but mm-hmm. that was disease yeah, yeah, cholera. I mean, people think cholera, they think Oregon Trail, you know, but it's yeah. actually a real thing, you know. It still it's, exists. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just a bacteria that continues to multiply and gives you diarrhea and you die of dehydration or a shift in electrolytes and you hemorrhage. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And what's the uh, way out of that? Uh, the cure? One is to get through it to continue to hydrate. Uh, you could try like doxycycline or something like that, but mm-hmm. it's really just to get through it to continue. To be healthy enough to manage the like the rush and then but just to continue to stay hydrated so you don't die. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. There's no cure. There's no not, like, medicine you can take. Not I mean there's there's things that can help, but uh yeah. And the real issue is you get cholera people would get cholera and then they'd start uh drinking they, the water again and it would bad just water it, yeah, and it and exacerbate it, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And so uh when the initial earthquake, you did you feel it? Oh yeah. You, okay. I didn't know what it was. was I'd never been in an earthquake before. Really? No. I'm not from California. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, was I guess like, not. Right? I was yeah. like, oh, the one thing I trust is moving. <laughs> oh, like, dude, that's brutal. Right. Right. And then there's that psychological thing. Right. You know, you're like. The th- worst. You're like stamping the ground like, this is solid. And you're like, no, it's not. No. <laughs> I had that happen in 89, the big yeah. earthquake in San Francisco. Yeah. That was devastating to yeah. me because I um, I had a psychological uh, spin out from that. I was working I was working in Burlingame on landfill, so the movement was enormous. And I watched like things come down and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Um, but anyway, regardless, 
uh, of all that detail. I, I had to uh, leave. The, right. my, my boss was like, no, stay. We're going to do, you know, we have more to do with this commercial remodel. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I mean, uh, like, leave Burlingame. I was yeah. living in Los Osos at the time. We would go up and work for a week. Yeah. But I left. I was like, I can't. I, I started having physical uh, manifestations of my right. of my reaction to it. So, like, I was like, oh, my chest, I can't. You know, it's like, it hurts. Well, and my, you know, my back. And I, could, well, I couldn't get out of bed. My head hurt. And, like, well, all this stuff was happening. But it was all just psychological. I, because well, the world moved. Yeah. Right. It yeah. was trippy. Yeah. Yes. So I had to get out. Yeah. I was terrified of being there. Yeah. Um, you couldn't get out. Get out where? You couldn't have gotten out. Ah, that's the sad part about <laughs> Haiti. You can get out. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the hardest thing about being a foreign helper. You know? Like, the, the, not to go into crazy details about Haiti, but the, the hardest thing for me in the back of my mind with people and in my own heart, even though I lived there, I had a house, I had orphanage, farm, and clinic at the if if it got bad i have an american passport and i'm out right but those the people there can't can't yeah and no matter how much you love them no matter how much you fight for them no matter how much you're in they always know that man you can get out if i got sick like if i got something that they could not fix there there's a plane picking me up taking me to miami or savannah or whatever and yeah, so you only them. have so much skin in the game. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And that's tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you mean like the, the veracity of your commitment to them and all that was questioned? Was it questioned? Did anybody uh, no, ever treat you that way? No. No. I no, because the fact that you live there, the fact that you're day in and day out in it. But, I mean – I mean, when cholera got crazy bad. I mean, I stayed through all that. When when the earthquake got crazy, you know what I mean. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's weird. You know what I mean. People coming in and dropping off money and supplies to me because I'm an American, and it's just like, I'm good. You know, <laughs> like you know what I mean. What about these other nine million people that don't have anything? You know. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, did you feel like there was ever uh, moments where you wanted to leave? No, no. Actually, I've never wanted to leave. I've never wanted to leave Haiti. You want to be there now? Yeah, you I want to be to there now. There. Yeah, my wife and I talked about it last night. They're like, "Man, we miss it." Wow. You know. What I mean? But we, yeah, we left. Uh, there's just oh, man. There's a lot of complexities to why we left, but just the organization we're working for just wasn't working out well. I don't mm-hmm. want to disparage them, but like the, it just. They weren't doing the things the way we thought were the way you should do things, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And so we made the decision that we can't work here anymore. And so we left. Couldn't you have created your own organization? We could have. But, yeah. I mean, I'm 25 years old. Uh, not that, now. You were. Yeah. yeah. I, I was 25 years old, newly married. Yeah. Not – I mean, when you go through a trauma yeah. like that, what, what do you – oh, man, we just left our orphans. Like, yeah, that brutal reality of, like, how do you tell all these four, five, and six-year-olds you're not coming back, you oh, know? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and then we petitioned to take the kid. Like, hey, we'll start our own. Can we have the kid? And they're like, no, you can't have these kids. You know, and we're like, uh, you know. And so we came back here to kind of like heal and try to figure it out. People asked us to go to other places in Haiti. Some people asked us to go to, to Cyprus and other countries. And, and we're just kind of like sitting and moping and like not knowing what to do. So you were still hurting. And yeah. Honestly, to- it took years, <clears throat> yeah. years. I mean, like six, seven years for, for me to heal from that and for my wife to heal from that. You know what I mean? And I don't even think we're still right. fully recovered i actually preached on this this sunday i shared all this stuff i talked about the earthquake i talked about cholera i talked about the orphanage oh did you yeah this weekend i'm sitting there crying on stage uh-huh. <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like gosh yeah. that was nine years ago jimmy mentioned it to me he told me that, <laughs> yeah you had said something or that in that your ser- he said your sermon was super deep i think that's the one that he was at yeah um i was wanting to ask you that about that because you made a mention of it before that you experienced ptsd from the experience of yeah. going through more the the cleanup of it and trying to sort out uh, yeah honestly i the mean humanity of yeah yeah survival. i mean and that, i mean as a christian how do you deal with this mm-hmm. like oh god is good and it's like no he's not <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. no he's not yeah. yeah this does not lend itself to prove that god is good you know what i mean when you're in the thick of it you know yeah, what i mean absolutely i was even talking about this concept like uh bible stuff but jesus calls nathaniel to come follow him and he's like can anything good Come out of Nazareth. Basically, like, I don't trust your yeah. your goodness. Like right. I don't trust what you're saying. 
So that's what he says, and that was me. Like you were angry. Oh, furious. For, yeah. I mean, I don't know why why I was in charge of this, but I was in charge of like I helped set up and lo- do logistics and stuff for a lot of these cholera clinics. But I was also like one of the guys that dispose of all the bodies. You know what I mean? For months on end. So not to get super crazy graphic, but like I, I I'll tell you I'll tell you one story and then I'll tell you the ramifications of it. But uh, I'm sitting on a bench uh, next to this 17 year old kid wearing Jordans, which is weird in Haiti. You know what I mean? Like, oh man, he's got Jordans. You know, mm-hmm. can I buy those? You know, like yeah. And there's an old woman sitting where you're sitting, like literally like across from here. Guy's sitting right here. You're sitting here. And in Haiti, super common. Lots of third world countries, people putting uh, like a rag over their face to keep the dust out or whatever. And this old lady's just sitting there looking at me. And like, I was like, dude, can I have those Jordans? <laughs> and, you know, like to this kid. And uh, he's just like laying there. like, mm. And I was like, oh, well, cool. Like, cool teenage Haitian doesn't want to talk to the white guy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh, the woman, just matter of fact, looking, look at me. She's just sitting there. She's like, mm. oh, he, he's dead. And I was like, oh, okay. And I just picked him up, put him on my shoulder, and like carried him back to where everybody else was. And I was just like, for me, it it seems like a made up story. Like me telling you this story, it seems made up. But that really happened. Like, and I was just like, oh, cool. Thanks, Ma. Like, thanks, Grandma. (laughs) You know, like, yeah. And then, and that was that. And it's just like, so for. For years, like I was telling this to my congregation this weekend, for years, man, I couldn't touch bleach. Like yeah. I get anxiety when I right. smell bleach. We don't have bleach in like it, there's it's like in the laundry room away and Natasha deals with that stuff because like that's what I used to clean for months on end. Yeah. And so like it, you know, brings kind of all those like, you know, sensory things. Yes. Like it's so it's like it brings all that back. And like it's been a while now. It's been eight, nine years. So I'm okay. Like I just like Okay, cool. All right. But you still carry the experiences and the, oh, and yeah, the yeah, yeah. triggers are fresh. Right, right, right. But it used to be a lot more fresh. Like it yeah. used to be like, All right, I gotta go home. You You'd know, start getting dizzy. <laughs> right, 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 right. But now it's like, oh no, okay. I'm okay. All right, cool. You know, just yeah. walk through it. But yeah. What is the hard what was the hardest part? Um, was it was it the physical manifestation of humanity, like what you were dealing with there, what death and processing all that, and being uh, trying to be there for people for that? Was it or was it the emotional part of uh, the bonds uh, with the people? Emotional, emotional. I, when you go to Haiti and you live there, you're pretty used to dis- disparity. <clears throat> you're like you you see it, you smell it, you taste it every day. You're like you're living in a third world country, you know. So. Even with the earthquake and even with cholera, you know, it was like, it was extremely difficult, but you're used to death. You're used to, you know, just injustice, like injustices of the world, not having clean water, not being like, man, if we were in America, that kid would have lived or this. And like, you deal with that, you deal with that years before because that's, it was a more intense scale, but it was common, yeah. you know, like, oh, we're used to the injustices of these people making a dollar a day years before the earthquake. Right. You You've know, already gone through I've been, the... Yeah, I've been coming there since I was 18 years old. So I'd already yeah. been there, yeah. you know, three on and off for three years before I moved there. So it's like, oh, yeah, oh, that baby would have made it in the States. Or, right. man, if we had clean food or this or that or blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get... Not used to, but you understand the realities. You process the stages of grief you would have to process when you know that new thing. Right. And you, yeah, so the it. earthquake and cholera were just a larger scale of what I've already experienced. It, it, so you're prepared for that part? To a certain degree, the physical aspect right. of it. And, and I shared this. The hardest part of Haiti for me and my wife was the kids. Yeah. Like, How I, do you tell, a, like you said earlier? How do you right. Tell and we didn't. We just, in the middle of the night, we laughed. Because we we didn't know what to do, and so like that's what we. But what's the right way? There's no I, right. way, I don't know. Right? I don't you, know. Do you still feel like there's no right way? Do you have regrets about that? Oh yeah, like people people's like, do you have regrets in your life? And everyone's like, no, I don't have any regrets. And I was like, that's, <laughs> how could you not? Right. So for me, like I said, I I talked about this a lot this weekend. Um, for me, it's the hardest thing for me was I'm sitting here saying, man, God will never. God loves you. God cares about you. To the people, 
to the children, to my congregation, to everything. And then I'm like the one example of Jesus, right? It, which isn't true. No, no, There's no. other examples, but what but I you're the portal. Felt, you're their right? portal. I'm like the one example of Jesus. Just said deuces. I'm out. You know what I you mean? You did the thing you said that I they, would that, that God will never, God do. Would never do, right? And you're their their connection to right. God, right? And you did it, right? And so, so that's the regret, right? And it's just like, gosh, I'm a piece of crap. You know what I mean? And just like it's hard. I was. Sh- Man, I don't want to cry because I don't want to cry on the podcast because it's stupid. But like, it's okay. The hardest thing I cry, from I cry less. Yeah. So, I, like, I had their picture on the screen um, this weekend, and I was like looking at. It, and I said, "You know what the hardest part about all of this for me is? I can't remember their names." Oh, man. Yeah. And I was like, "In my my, you had you had to do that, right?" But my wife's like, "I remember all their names," and I was like, "I can't remember their names," you know. And I'm sitting here like, "Gosh." And like in my mind, and I'm trying to realize and justify, and like I actually preach through all of this. It's just like, man, God loves them more than I do. I have to believe that. I have to, or else all of this is a sham for me. You know what I mean? Like, I, like God loves and cares for His people. He does. He has to. And I've seen multiple examples of this. Like, like during the earthquake, I was on this refugee care van, and like we're driving through the cities, and there's thousands of people, and I'm on this refugee van going from Port-au-Prince up to the north and the beauty of people like seeing their uncle or their aunt or their brother or their sister and there's like that just extreme joy is like so powerful and so tangible and beautiful but then off in the back of your mind there's other thousand people that aren't seeing anyone and they're waiting and I was like man this is this is God this is God manifest if you want to explain God like it's not the prodigal son it's not the lost sheep it's not the lost coin it is this he is so desperate for that joy and reunification of the lost the one that's lost the one that's broken but then there's also this deep really hard sadness for those that are you know that that whatever don't make it or those that aren't found you know yeah and so just lots of stuff but what's that don't we have funny stuff to talk about no. <laughs> <laughs> like my personality hates talking about emotions i know yeah, i know like I going know. to the dark place but yeah that um didn't you have to do that though? Didn't you have to? I mean, was that part of you? Your, I feel like that expresses a, another level of commitment to those kids that you did have to re- like block out uh, your connection yeah. when you left. I feel like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it, it's like a um. Uh, what do you, what's the word for it? Uh, well, it's a double-edged sword or whatever. You, you know, you, if you're if you feel that much and you're that connected, you can't stay connected when you go, right? Because it's too much, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the fact that you would remember not be able to remember their names, yeah. you had to do that. You know, yeah. I mean, I feel like that in my life sometimes, where I'm like, I make decisions where I feel like I do that to protect myself emotionally so that I can function in the environment I'm currently in right. because I feel so much. Right. But by the, you know, the argument is that it's the opposite and that I'm a sociopath. Right. 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 So is that what you grapple with because of those decisions or because no, of those I don't feelings? think I'm a sociopath. <laughs> right. But I mean, I do. But do you worry that that's a choice that you could make? Did that bother you that you did that, that you, that you had to block out that those, I, I don't know. Connections somehow. It it doesn't. I don't know. I don't know. I've actually never really like processed it. Like for me, it's a it's a sadness. It's a um, it's a. I don't know. It's like I. I don't know, man. I don't know. Have you ever thought about um, going and like uh, talking to counselors about? This I have. Particular? You have. Yeah, done yeah, it. Okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I actually more dealing with like the bleach stuff. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. So you can function. Right. Right. N- not so much uh, this stuff. I was but... wondering why your garage is so dirty. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, man. I don't know. It's. It's it's interesting uh, to say the least. My wife, she's way different than me, but like, we came back to the states, and I'm like, I gotta get a job. I gotta feed our family. I gotta do this right. stuff. And I'm like, oh, let's work, 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 work. And I never really dealt with it. Yeah. Whereas for like six months, she just laid in bed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, just laid in bed. She's just crying every night. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I've, I've got to be the strong one. I've got to be this. And she was talking to me about this last night. She's like, the first time I ever saw you cry over this was five years later. Really? Yeah. 
five years later, you started to talk about it for the first time. And I did like a sermon. I shared it with a bunch of youth, like a couple hundred youth in uh, Tennessee at a camp. And I like started crying on stage and I didn't know why I was crying and I don't know what's going on. She goes, it's the first time I ever saw you deal with it. And I was just like, oh, you're right. You know? Yeah. So did you, did that create conflict between you two? Cause she was, it did. It went, when we first got home, oh, huge conflict. Yeah. We couldn't reconcile. We couldn't reconcile want, our marriage. We, we couldn't. Right. She's, she's like, how do you not feel this right. deep pain? And I'm like, we got to eat. We got to, we got to, <laughs> we don't have any money. We don't have anywhere to live. Not to know? mention, you probably felt guilty that you didn't. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, 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 for years, I'm like, I did this to her. I'm the one that did this. Because I was the one that decided to leave. She didn't want to leave. She's like, we're staying. We're going to fight. Oh, yeah. She's no. like, we're going to fight these. <laughs> like, claw their eyes out. You know, all these people. And I was like, I'm like. And you're can't. referring to the people that the, in the organization or, the, or the, the, the people that you came in contact with or that were, you were uh, somehow connected to that weren't doing things the right way. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the ones that were causing the, the problems. Right. Yeah. And so. Trying to capitalize. Right. Okay. Right. Um, Is there a lot of that there? Oh. <sighs> There's a lot of that everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 tough. It's yeah. Can anything be done? In what to, regard? To to properly organize uh, the um, the you know assistance in a place like Haiti or or just in Haiti. Yeah, I mean, there's really good books on it. There's a book called When Helping Hurts. Uh, yeah, and you have a unique perspective. I mean, couldn't you be a voice of reason or yeah, some sort of organizer? I, I mean, I, man. At a higher level? You know level? that song, I Wish I Knew What I Knew When I Was Younger? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I do I do consult with other organizations. And do I do, like, try to communicate help. And, like, I've been to lots of different places, even gone, flown down there and, like, talked to employees and talked to the people and say, all right, well, here's where the conflict lies, you know, and here's where some of the mis- cultural misunderstandings are. But like this book, When Helping Hurts, it's an excellent book. You should read it. But it talks about when you help somebody, you actually remove – they have to pay you. There's nothing free in this world. Yeah. So if I help you, you know, and I do it in a proper way, I steal your dignity. And, that's, yeah. and then eventually you'll hate me. And that's what we've done over the last hundred years in a lot of countries is that we have – like they would say this all the time. You guys really need to build a bridge. It would help your economy. It would help – well, the, 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 the NGOs will do it. Non-governmental organizations. We don't have to do it. You know, we've actually crippled a country because of our helping. You know what I mean? Okay, so the so the infrastructure that exists there in Haiti is less effective because of that, right? And it's not taken care of, and it's not managed, and lots of different things. But I think very small scale. If you had, uh, if your son, he wants a let's just go crazy. He wants a PS Five for his birthday, and you can't afford it. You you not getting any shows <laughs> like yeah, yeah no one thinks you're funny anymore right <laughs> yeah. right yeah and I come in and I say oh, you know what I'm how'd gonna, you know this yeah <laughs> I'm gonna give you I come in here and I give him a PS5 I, hey man I got you a PS5 mm-hmm. how do you feel yeah a little bummed not even a little bummed you, you yeah you didn't provide for your son well it's a, it'd be a little weird yeah yeah if it, yeah now if, imagine but, now imagine that for years. Yeah, you can't feed your kids. Let's let's actually take it real. You can't feed your kids, right? Then that and then person, I come in and I. You're grateful your kids are fed, but you still you your dignity is shot. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then that person who is me in that scenario slides so deep down right. into that identity that they're done. Yeah. They can't come back out of that. Right. Then then that's yours to get back out of that right. to be able to be effective. But just a small tweak is what if I empow- gave it to me or empowered you to get here, man, Colin. I need you to come to a comedy show at church. We're going to pay you. And then yeah. you buy, dude, game changer. Game changer. Right. Yeah. But so that's, that's, that's you... harder. That's harder than right. just, here's a bag of rice. So do you think that um, assistance, like people trying to help each other, the real issue is that they're they're looking for the easiest way? Yeah. Okay. Oh, it, and it's it makes you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Why do hundreds of Americans, there are more Americans on a plane to Haiti than there are Haitians. <laughs> really? Than you ever fly. Oh, yeah, man. There's 10,000 nonprofit organizations for that little country. It's the most one of the most evangelized country in the world. Like it's yeah. if you did a case study on what went wrong in like assistance, it's yeah. it's Haiti. You know what I mean? Yeah. With everything, with all Christian, non-Christian, everyone. They just like cuz easy, man. It's just like you go down there for a week, you paint a church, you do some stuff. I mean, you feel good. It feels good. Here's take my shirt, take my stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? And you create this culture of like of dependence 
Like every the, for years, people would stand outside the gate, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, because Americans would come and just be like, yeah, here, can you get? and then they feel good and they leave. Yeah, and then it just destroys a culture. Like we would come and Americans would start to do that with the kids, our kids. Like, oh, giving them candy. I was like, what do you do? You just give random kids in America candy? What? Are you, what the, like <laughs> yeah. they they're gonna no, they yeah. no, they can't have candy right now. Right. They're, they're about to go to they're, bed. They have meals, right? And, yeah, you know, school. But, but that's then, dude. To the point where people would drive in trucks and throw candy off the back of trucks, and kids would chase after them. That's like, and, the, and then imagine the reality of that child trying to sort through that. Right? Did you did you have a hard time with that part, like the interpersonal guidance of each child? Like that must have been challenging oh, yeah. as well. Because well, what, what kind of template did you have for that? Right. Yeah. And I mean, not just that, but then like dealing with Americans because they're supporting you financially, and like yeah. how do you how do you not how do you tell them to stop it? Right. How do you not cater to them? Oh, right. Because some of them want you to. Right. And you still need that check. Right. Wow, man. Because you want to do the good, and you got to take the bad but you know it's like yeah oh my and you gotta manage them right and make them feel good about what they're doing so right. they, the checks keep flowing you can continue doing what you're doing right you're doing it for the kids <laughs> right meanwhile the kids are or the community snickers <laughs> at 10 p.m <laughs> like no right yeah wow man it's way more complex than you think yeah. oh yeah i mean yeah. i think what you know if this relates to the 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 way that america oh well the way that the world lives now because of social media where it's instant gratification right. we get more and more instant gratification and so and more and more um sort of superficial um, identities right. because of social media. And so it's easy. If you just show a picture of you helping out one time, then you're the guy who helps. Right. You know, whereas this deeper structure that's needed um, is getting less and less cool. Right. Less right. and less cool. Right. And so people like well, you who have easier, these experiences could Well, well it's help. easier to give the guy 20 bucks on, yeah. on victory than say, hey, what's your name? Yeah. What's your story? Yeah. Why are you here? Let's walk through that. Yeah. And let's try to get you out of that. Yeah. That is hard. 20 bucks is good, man. I'm good. Yeah. What you do with that, you do with that, man. Here you go. Here's $20. And you drive off. You're like, oh, man, it feels so good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, you know what I see in your future, which I'm sure you already see in your future when you kind of do it anyway. But I see a, a higher level of administrative structure building for people to truly help each other. Yeah, I don't know. I think you have a unique experience and, and a unique understanding, and you're uniquely intelligent in this way. There's a lot of people that have experiences that don't have the capacity to understand all the nuanced, um, you know, um, detail that they need to, mm. and and to know going forward how these things could possibly spin out of control in a different way. Whereas you're an intelligent person at a, you know at a level that I think you could benefit the world in this great way. You know. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, I mean, I think that's your superpower. Yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty weird superpower. Yeah, but yeah, it feels like it is. Yeah. So speaking of superpowers, you're going to open mat right now, and uh, you're about to meet. Oh, we ran out of time. I'm not able to tell you. <laughs> Grant has a hard out. Thank you for sharing with us, man. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Thank you for sharing with me. Um, someday we'll talk about farming. <laughs> We're going to talk about farming eventually. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about farming relationships with people and our, our um, you know, relationships with our people yeah. and our children. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, we tricked you. Yeah. If you're watching this and you expect us to talk about persimmons. Yeah. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to Cameron West and GJJSAV, the greatest place in the world to train the best martial art in the world with the best people in the world, under the best instructor in the world, and under the best guy in the world. Um, and thank you to Jimmy for uh, this rap. Yeah. And thank you to Guayaki. And thank you to uh, the Amazon. Thank you to Ian for fucking with me nonstop. This is the first F word of the whole thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, love you guys. We'll see you again. Um, I have a. Uh, uh, Friday, Friday morning, I'm with um, Jimmy, and uh, Ian says, unlike Colin, I don't know what that, oh, I love that I'm a superhero, <laughs> you're a superhero unlike me, um, uh, so thank you to, uh, I mean, uh, no, Friday, sorry, Friday uh, morning, me and Jimmy, uh, Paul is somewhere in the mix, I don't know when, uh, but look, keep looking at these live streams, that's the way to go, and then also go to postrollpodcast.podbean.com, um, that dog barking in the background was my dog, so I'm gonna have to go deal with that. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, pissing me off. I can't. This little clicker's not working. Uh, yeah. I think the battery's dead or something. 
I'm going to start shocking her straight up. I'm just going to get a cattle prod. <laughs> with love. Shocking her with love for all the PETA fans out there. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you come handle her, PETA fans. <laughs> it's a seven-month dog. The seven-month-old dog is like 100 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, it's like having a seven. It's, it's a like big a, guy. It's, it's like a big having guy. it's a big guy in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, it's so a big white belt in jiu-jitsu. It's like having a 150-pound toddler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when are we doing it again? Whenever you want. Let's do it. The road to Pan Am's. Yeah. You have to go through a lot of uh, emotional experiences, a lot of uh, memories. You gotta, yeah, you gotta process a lot on the road to Pan Am's, yeah. man. Yeah, I love your new perspective that you give me on big. Guys, it's so fun. I feel so empathetic now. About <laughs> Paul, do you experience this? Yes. Uh, Ian will be back Friday to harass me. He says, "I'll give you ten dollars to come train." There you go. Go ahead, rap. Okay. Big white guy rap. They look at us and wonder how we made it. <laughs> Ian left. Oh, no, he's we're never done. left before. We're done. No, it's because of the white guy rap. <laughs> That's when you shut it down. When Ian leaves, we know we failed. It's over. Yeah. Grant Ross Kowiak, thank you for your time. Oh.